A young soldier boarded a train with his commanding officers. They were headed to their next post. And as they got on the train, they didn't find very many seats, but there were two seats left. And it just happened to be across from an attractive young woman and her grandmother that was traveling with her. As they started to roll, they conversed a little bit back and forth, introduced themselves, and it became apparent pretty early on that there was a, an attraction going on between the young soldier and the young lady. Well, as they were riding along through the countryside, they came to a tunnel, and the train went into the tunnel, and everything became black all of a sudden. And, and when it did, there were two sounds heard. One was a smack of a kiss. The other was a slap of a hand across the face. Well, when that happened, the grandmother thought, I cannot believe the audacity of that young soldier who'd come over and kiss my granddaughter in this way, but I sure am glad she slapped him. The commanding officer thought, well, I really don't blame the young man for kissing that girl, but I, 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 I hate it that she, when she went to slap him, she ended up slapping me instead. And the young girl thought, well, I didn't mind so much that young soldier kissing me, but I sure did hate when my grandmother slapped him. And as they came out of the tunnel into the bright sunlight, that young soldier was smiling broadly because he had seized the moment to both kiss a pretty girl and to slap his commanding officer and got away with both of them. Are we ready to seize the moment? When I say that, I'm not talking about uh, getting on a train like this young man did. Are we ready to seize the moment right now, right where we are? Are we looking for the opportunities that God may be laying out in front of us in spite of this coronavirus issue outbreak that's going on that's created so much uh, chaos and confusion in our lives? It's created a lot of problems. But it's created opportunities as well. Opportunities for the church to, to be the church. I'm not talking about opportunities to buy stocks when they're low or selling them high. Always a good idea if you can do it. I'm not even talking about buying toilet paper in bulk. The opportunity we have is to show that Jesus is real by showing the reality of Jesus in our lives. In other words, you need to understand, during this time, church, the world is looking at us. How will we respond? And my encouragement to you, and I believe that God's encouragement to you would be to let us live as people who believe both in the presence of Christ in us today and our eternal presence with him at the resurrection. Let's believe that. Let's live that. Let's show the world what it is that we believe we need to be people who show faith hope and love and beyond that we need to be the kind of people who inspire in others faith hope and love today we're going to look at a passage of scripture in a in a letter called first thessalonians this is, these words are inspired by God, written down by the Apostle Paul and sent to a church in a place called Thessalonica. And when Paul writes this letter, he's writing to encourage them. He's writing with a pastor's heart, and you will literally see that. I'd encourage you, take time this afternoon, later today, tomorrow, whenever it is this week, 
take time to go and to read through that letter of 1 Thessalonians. You'll see a lot of truth in there, but you'll also get a sense of the heartbeat that Paul had for the people. And so we're going to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. We'll begin in verses 2 and 3. And let me share these verses with you. Now, Paul is writing along with two of his companions, Silas and Timothy, and he's writing to the church of the Thessalonians. And then in verse 2, we pick up and read these words. We always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, help us to comprehend these words, to put them in our hearts as well as our minds, and perhaps even, Lord, to begin to live these things out in our lives. For we ask it in Jesus' name, amen. Paul founded the church in Thessalonica, but he wasn't there long, really only about three weeks before he was run out of town. Uh, not, not, a, not a very auspicious start. And you would think that, that, that the Apostle Paul might be a little bitter because of that. I mean, he went there and, and he began, he planted this church and people come, started coming to Jesus and then he was literally run out of town. But when you read the letter, you see there's no bitterness that comes through in this at all. In fact, what you see is a letter that is filled with gratitude. Gratitude that God saved people, that people came to faith in Jesus Christ during his ministry there, and they were continuing in that faith even now. His heart is filled with gratitude for what God was doing in them and for what they were doing. And he mentions three things specifically, three areas specifically, where he is grateful for what God's doing in them and what they're doing in their lives. He's, he mentions these, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, your endurance inspired by hope in Jesus. And what I'd like us to do today is to kind of look at those, break those apart, consider those, because here's what I, here, when I read this, here's what struck me. What Paul saw in the Thessalonians, the world needs to see in us today. We need to seize this moment. So let's begin to look at these. The first thing, the first area he says is, your work produced by faith. Let me say up front that good works do not save us. Good works do not make us right with God, gain us entry into the kingdom of God. The Bible makes it very clear that we're saved by grace through faith, and it's not something we do ourselves. It's the gift of God. And so works don't save us, but those who are saved, those who belong to God, do have a work he calls us and gifts us to do. In fact, in Ephesians 2.10, we read, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Think about this verse. We're God's workmanship. We're God's handiwork. We are God's masterpiece in the making. And we were created, made to do good works. 
And the great thing about it is God prepared in advance for us to do those things. God's already preparing us and has prepared us to do what he's calling us to do. Even in this moment, even in this time, God has gifted us and called us to make a difference for the kingdom right where we are. God has called us. And God has gifted us to seize this moment. So what is he calling you to do right now? Now, uh, we, things are changing rapidly. Many of you are, are now kind of stuck at home a lot longer than you expected to be. Some of you, quite frankly, are bored. Some of you have resorted to, uh, you know, just binge-watching Netflix some of you have, have, you know, have started just playing endless hours on video games. Some of you are twiddling your thumbs. You don't know what to do. You're just going crazy and driving one another crazy. What has God called us to do? Hey, let me ask you this question. Have you asked God, with all these limitations, with all this social distancing, have you asked God what he's calling you to do right now? What he would have you to do in this moment? I've shared with some of you about my grandmother. My grandmother, as she got a little bit older in life, she lost her husband, and she was living alone. Uh, she wasn't able to get out and go and do things the way she was once able to do. She was a lot more feeble, a lot more frail, and she didn't have very much money to spend. But what she did do was this. She got the prayer list from her church. She got it from my church. She got it from another church. She, she'd get these prayer lists. And then she would write get well cards to everyone on that list. She'd spend the little money that she had in addition to the groceries and the necessities. She would buy, she would buy these get well cards and she would buy these sheets of stamps. And she would use those to send these out, countless ones. And she signed every one of them at the bottom. She signed every one of them. God loves you and I do too. Have a whale of a day. Now here's the deal. I'm not just bragging on my grandmother here. But she knew that she had limits, things that she could do and couldn't do in her life. And yet she found a way to use the little she had in order to be a blessing to many. She found a ministry. She found a way to use her heart and her call from God to be a blessing to other people are we looking for those opportunities? Have we asked God, God, could you show me what it is that you would have me to do in this moment? And so we begin with your work that is produced by faith, and then we move to this next area, which is your labor that is prompted by love. Now, you go, well, wait a minute, aren't work and labor the same things? And they kind of are, but these are two different Greek words. Let me share with you those words. And again, you don't have to remember this, but it, it is interesting. The first Greek word that is used for work is ergon, and it literally just means work, the stuff that we, that we do to accomplish things. But the word used here that's translated as labor, that's a different word. That word is kapos, and it means work. It means strenuous, backbreaking labor. Okay, and so that's why it's a different word used to translate these, even though they're a kind of work. Here we're talking about a strenuous, 
very, it's a, it's a kind of work that's just filled with great effort. And so he says then, uh, it is a labor that, that is prompted by love. Love, God's love in us, produces a willingness for us to go the extra mile. To do the extra, to do, to do more than we would typically do, to go beyond the ordinary. Listen, we even, we even think this way about our, 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 in our love songs, our secular love songs that you hear all the time. When it tells us that, you know, I'll, I'll swim the, the, the widest river, I'll climb the tallest mountain, I'll cross the hottest desert, all because of love. It's love going the extra mile. And if that's true for human love between a, a man and a woman, it's, it's all the more true for the love of God that is in us and the calling of God that is on us. When we started Grace Fellowship, 15 years ago we started with two things basically we started with a heart of love for one another for uh for the community around us and we started with a whatever it takes attitude now listen here's what we need now if we're going to seize this moment if we're going to be people of faith hope and love in this moment then we're going to need those very same things. A heart that is filled with love, love for God, love for one another, love for our community and the world. And we're going to need a whatever it takes attitude. Whatever it takes. What is that extra mile that needs to be traveled because of love? Let God's love in you move you to do whatever it takes to show that love to others in tangible ways ways that truly make a difference now now, let's look at this third area that paul talks about that i think is important for us to hear today and that is your endurance inspired by hope in jesus now hope is a great thing in times of trouble hope kind of keeps us afloat but hope is only as good as the thing in which you put your hope in or the person in which you put your hope think about this you want to cross this lake, and so you're at the shore, and there's a boat. Okay, that looks good. Put the boat in the lake. Go across the lake. you got your oars. You're ready to roll. Okay, you're good. Well, before you hop in that boat, put all your hope in that boat to get you across, you may want to check the boat. The boat may be full of holes. The boat may have been chewed through by termites. The oars may be, be broken or, or ready to break. And you get out in the lake and you find that instead of getting you across, the hope that you placed in that boat's only going to put you deeper in the water as you sink. That's not the kind of hope we're talking about here. We're not talking about hope in something or someone who will let you down. Hope placed in our Lord Jesus Christ cannot and will not disappoint. Hope placed in Jesus cannot and will not disappoint. Why? Because let me tell you about this Jesus. This Jesus, the Jesus in whom we put our hope, this Jesus was God come to us, God in the flesh, okay? This Jesus lived a perfect life on the earth showing us his, that, he, that God lived in him. This Jesus, listen, this Jesus 
died for our sins on the cross. This Jesus was buried in a borrowed tomb. This Jesus rose again on the third day. This Jesus ascended to heaven. He's at the right hand of the Father preparing a place for his his people. This Jesus promised to come again and to take us back to where he is when this life is done. This is the Jesus in whom we put our hope. This Jesus, this Jesus will not let us down. We will not sink, but he will carry us through to the other side. He will get us to heaven as he's promised, but he will be with us. And no matter what we're going through, no matter what your circumstances are right now, he says, I will be with you. The book of Hebrews puts it this way. We have have this as a a sure and, and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. What a beautiful picture. Hope in Jesus is an anchor for our souls and this kind of hope inspires endurance in other words when when we are hoping in in someone and something that is that secure it's not wishful thinking it's a confident assurance that what is promised will come to pass when that is where our hope is then we are able to keep on no matter what our circumstances are no matter how difficult things become no matter how many things come against us this is the kind of hope we have it'll carry us through we can endure we can persevere charles swindoll put it this way he said we're all faced with a series of opportunities brilliantly disguised as impossible situations what great insight that is and and we need to hear that today church this is where we are today we are surrounded by all kinds of problems all kinds of difficulties all kinds of challenges things we've never experienced before and yet they may be the very opportunity for us to show that jesus is real by showing how real he is in our lives are we people who show faith who display hope who overflow with love that is what god has called us to you know the bible tells us that god has not given us a spirit of fear not at all we don't need to be afraid we don't need to be anxious instead here's what scripture calls us to it calls us to be bold in our faith to believe to cling It calls us to be filled with hope. God's with us. He's caring for us. He's meeting our needs each day according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. He he will not leave us. He will not turn his back on us. And it calls us to be overflowing with love. We are the people to go the extra mile. Not Not to begin to hoard and and to cower away in fear, but to step out to show our faith by loving others and sharing our, the love that we have for God, sharing that with other people. I don't know where you are right now in your life. I don't know what you're going through right now. I expect that many of you who are watching this 
are, are a little uncertain about the future. I know I am. But maybe you've lost a job or maybe there's the threat of job loss. Maybe you've got a business right now that's struggling because you just don't have the, the customers that you had. I'm not sure what's going on in your life. Maybe you're that parent that's sitting there going, how in the world am I going to get my student through the rest of the school year at home? How do I balance all this? I want to let you know that we're here to pray for you. You not only have a God who loves you, but there are people who want to pray for you. In fact, on our church website, gracefellowship.ws, if you'll go to that website and you take a look there, there's a place where you can leave prayer requests. And as you leave those prayer requests, please know that people are praying for those needs. In addition, maybe today God has spoken to you in this service and he's called you to faith in Jesus Christ or called you to take another step in faith in Christ. Or maybe you're just curious of what it means to, to follow Jesus or how do I connect with a church. We have set up a, a special email address for you. I know in these times you can't just drop in the church office and say, I'd like to see the pastor. So we've set up a special email address for you. My next steps at gracefellowship.ws my next steps at gracefellowship.ws and here's what will happen if you're willing to send us that email to say hey listen today I received Jesus Christ as Savior today I, I decided to take a step of faith and I, I want to share that with someone or maybe today you're saying listen I want to know more about what it means to follow Jesus then please send us a short email. We will follow directly up with you so that we can encourage you and challenge you and help you as you begin your walk in Christ or as you figure out what that next step is for you. We want to be here for you because we're all in this together. You are loved by God. We love you too. And we want to be here for you in this time of need. Would you join your hearts with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we come in the powerful name of Jesus today, the name that is above every name, Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It is in his name that we come to you today, and we pray. We ask, Father, that you would meet each of our needs in your timing and in your way, but meet them all according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Lord, we pray against this virus, against this COVID-19 virus. God, we pray against that. We ask that, that you would provide the cure, that you would lead wise doctors and wise chemists to come up with the vaccine for this. Father, that you would be with with doctors and nurses and healthcare workers and emergency workers and law enforcement. We pray that you would be with those who are in leadership, both in our local government, our state government, but also in our national government to make decisions that are in the best interest of the people. We pray, Father, that during this time, as people are struggling to find a reason for hope, that they will be able to turn their hearts to you and discover that you were there waiting on them all along. And Lord, I pray particularly for that person, that man, that woman, that, that young person today who has said, I need a relationship with this Jesus. This Jesus who is God in the flesh, this Jesus who was crucified, resurrection, this Jesus who's coming again. 
Lord, I pray for them that today might be their day of salvation. That they would turn from their sins and turn to you and embrace your Son as Savior. Lord, we ask for this. We lay all this out before you. In Jesus' name, amen.